Yesterday is not ours to recover, but tomorrow is ours to win or lose. How's about a little Lyndon B. Johnson quote for you on this Sunday Not-So-Fun Day show, y'all? Are we feeling a little philosophical? Huh? Are we, are, are we feeling a little philosophical today, y'all? How about winning isn't everything, but wanting to win is. A little Vince Lombardi for you. I think everybody probably knows who Vince Lombardi is. Well, maybe if you don't, I'll go, I'll go multiple directions. Um, how about a Mr. Robert Kiosky? The rich are those who play to win. The middle class plays not to lose. Oh, Cody, that has nothing to do with sports or football. What are you talking about? Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll get us back on track here. How about a Pete Rose? But it does tie in. Whoever said, it's not whether you win or lose, but how you play the game is full of it. Winning makes all the difference in the world. Winning is fun. Losing is not. Losing sucks. Okay, right? That's, hey, that's not, that's not bad. But... I got one even better for you. A little Michael Jordan. I play to win, whether during practice or in a real game. And I will not let anything get in the way of me and my competitive enthusiasm to win. Are we are we are we hammering home? Or maybe uh Karen Kingsbury's a little bit more your style. Never be passive. Victories will happen. When you take charge of a game, you can't win by playing not to lose. How does this tie in? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. What do we have on tap? Well, let's just touch base briefly because we got a big one today. Today's a big, big, big show. Um... Like like we like we always do, we're going to peel back some layers of the onion, but we're going to put some stuff into context. Are we undisciplined, unmotivated, or untalented? Oh, I think we can dispel the myth of us being untalented. That is a preposterous statement. If somebody says we're untalented, uh, they're probably probably drinking something other than orange Kool Aid. If you if you get my drift. We have the talent. We have the depth. Recruiting has been good. You thought the Cowboy way would be what continues to lead the charge because it has for, I don't know, the last 15 years. The Cowboy way has 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 been able to rinse, wash, repeat, replicate. But sometimes does rinse, wash, repeat, replicate get too repetitive, that you get too predictable, that you become negligent in your responsibilities? I don't know. I feel like these are all reasonable questions. Uh, if you caught Gundy's post-game interview, he backtracked a little bit, which to me, above all, is just confusing, right? Why tell your sideline reporter that's been your sideline reporter since the day you've been there and before that you're going to go ahead and start Rangel because you want they're, they're, they're pretty much even and you want to avoid the negative connotation and or narrative around Gundy starting his son just because it was his son, Bull Honky. All right. Well, I think both are, are true. I, I believe even if you, you know, Gundy said that throughout the week of practice, 
due to a grading point system that Garangel just barely, barely, barely edged out Gunner. Okay, if that's true, and I'm not saying that it's not, I, I believe from a talent perspective, just scoring touchdowns upon touchdowns, probably probably Garrett Rangel is better and did probably score higher. But how do you uh, dismiss the fact that your son has spent two and a half, three years learning the playbook, getting bigger, stronger, faster, doing everything you've asked him to do, and then you go with Rangel, whether Rangel is just a, a half a percentage better or not. Like the playbook knowledge and the stability to have the ability to control the game, how does that now come into effect? And how do you always stand by the person who puts in more time but then not do it when it's your son? And again, guys, I'm a huge Garrett Rangel fan. I'm very well aware he's the future. The battles in the next three years between him and Zane Flores are going to be phenomenal. We're going to be set. We're going to be fine. But how much does it matter if you're uber talented, if all of your talent feels like you might give up, so they give up? Oh, I know. It's a bold statement, Cody. Why would you say that? Well, guys... We've talked about how the way we just barely hung on at the end at the Baylor game was going to bite us. And we talked about how we did it again and just barely, barely clung on at the end against Tech, and it was going to bite us. And then we did that exact thing against TCU, and it bit us. And then we talked last week about how sometimes you have the accumulative effect of something just snowballing and getting so big and growing so much momentum and getting out of control that it's hard to fix. Which is why we said we're not like a Texas. We don't make one loss equal two. You hear all the time the terminology of it's just one game, it's just one game, it's just one game. Yeah, it's true, but excitement carries over. Confidence carries over. Just like disappointment and disparagement carries over. And if you are, are, are an issue, then it's going to carry over. Attitude is a reflection of leadership, is it not? Now, am I sitting here saying that Gundy needs to go, go, go? Again, no, I'm not. But I am saying, guys, let's just let's be realistic so we, we can be as beneficial as possible to the marketing and promotion of the university. But marketing and promotion also has to come with honesty, doesn't it? <clears throat> Along with honesty, wouldn't you like to feel safe in, in the knowledge that you're getting from your 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 podcast and and your sources of information right do we have a disinformation board no but can we sort that out by ourselves and be safe doing so yes not as safe as you can be by going to simplysafe.com right about now you locked on college do some investigate investigate investigation goodness me i know words are hard i'm so sorry do some investigation on what is best for you and your family. Don't get DNAP potential kneecapped when it's unnecessary. The fast protect technology offered by Simply Safe gives you 24-7 monitoring agents 
actual monitoring agents that use their eyeballs to monitor to make sure that they can capture evidence to verify the threat to get faster police response. Unlike some agents we know. Guys, if you can get better police response by getting simplysafe.com, going to lock, slash locked on college, then you can in San Francisco, then do yourself a favor, right? Do never let yourself get in a DNAP kneecap situation. Go to simplysafe.com slash locked on college right about now. All right, guys. So let's just dive into the meat and taters of this one. Why this one's going to be a, a big one. First quarter. First quarter. We'll just start there. Are we undisciplined, unmotivated, or untalented? We've already dispelled the untalented myth. So are we unmotivated or are we uh, un, unprepared? I, I don't know. But you can tell me. Let's go to the 13-minute and two-second mark. Okay. They rush four, drop seven, single high safety, very, very good route by Stephon Johnson Jr. Post flag. The ball didn't come out early enough. You're supposed to throw the ball in between the transition from the post to the flag. He didn't. He waited a little bit long. Ball was a little bit late. But it's Stephon Johnson Jr. talented enough to make that catch all day, every day, twice on Sundays? Absolutely. He'll tell you that. His dad will tell you that. If he high points that ball, it's a catch. And we're having a conversation about a potential opportunity to score at least get three because it put us in, in field goal position, right? Again, just a little bitty thing, not a big deal. He's insanely talented. He's insanely talented. It's going to be easy to fix. Let's go to the 12-minute, 52nd mark. We're rushing four this time on defense, and our four D linemen get pushed back two to three yards from the point of contact all the way back into Mason Cobb, who's at his typical four to five linebacker depth, and he gets caught in the wash from the defensive lineman getting pushed all the way back into him. And Xavier Benson, if you pause it and you rewind it and then you pause it and rewind it, you can see that Xavier Benson clearly sees the ball gets handed off to the running back. Instead of disengaging from the defensive end and heading towards an angle that he can cut off the running back, he decides to keep fighting with the defensive end to try to loop around him to go back where the quarterback is and chase the play from behind like he's daggone Tyree Hill. And while all this is happening, Jason Taylor gets caught trailing in a log jam because Jabbar Muhammad lost contain. And in the process of him losing the contain and JT getting out of position, JT literally starts jogging. Guys, go back and watch the film over the last couple of years. Jason Taylor the second, you can count on two hands how many times you see him jogging on the field, period. All right? And so is it a problem? I don't know. Let's stick on defense. 11 minute, 27 mark. Four-man rush. We let the free guard, free release, not a big deal. Uh, it's pretty standard, but the right guard gets a free release. Instead of Mason Cobb attacking the outside shoulder and cutting off the angle for the offensive lineman to get to him, he sits back on it. He gets caught with his eyes in the backfield, allows the offensive lineman to get all the way back into the second level, and it gets him caught up in the play. Now, Tyler Lacey does keep contained very, very, very well, but Corey Black gets taken out like it's yesterday's news by Grimm, which is the smallest receiver on the field, not named Braylon Presley, while Xavier Benson is again trailing behind Mason Cobb. I mention that for a reason. KU scores a touchdown. Okay, no big deal. Offense, 10-minute, 12-second mark. 
They have another single high safety look. Okay, we go to the short side of the field against a four-man rush. Very good, very good play call. Hats off to Dunn on this one. Good design, good play call. Really good eye control by Garrett Rangel to cheat his eyes to the other side of the field to keep the free safety from cheating over, right? And then uh, Bryson Green is running, what is a go route? A nine route. Uh, envision it just like you envision it. He's going straight. You take a little bit of an outside release, and then you book it. And quarterback, typically, you want to throw towards the hashes uh, on the outside towards the sideline. What Bryson Green does is he starts cheating over a little bit. Not quite like a post route, but, you know, he's not staying on that true go route. He's bending in a little bit. Because Garrett Rangel did such a good job making that free safety stay to the other side, he did have some extra room. And if you go back and watch other film, why would Bryson Green do that? Well, because in some of the film with him and Spencer Sanders, you could tell it was just um, a, a distance type of play. That if he had enough room from the free safety, he would cut off his route a little bit early to give himself the opportunity to just keep going deep and outrun the free safety. That's what it looks like when you go back and watch the other film. Because on other films and similar plays, he doesn't run a true go route all the time. Sometimes he does shade in a little bit and break towards that post just a hair if the free safety is too far away to, to you know gain ground. I think that's what Bryson Green was doing. He was cutting off a hair early like him and Spencer Sanders do sometimes because there's just a little bit more room there closer to the numbers. Although the right throw from a quarterback, especially an 18-year-old freshman, is to throw a traditional go route, which is not towards the numbers. It's towards the sidelines. And what happens is Bryson Green wins the route to the point that the defensive back ends up running the go for him. And when he kind of cheats in towards the free safety, he allows a pick. Not only does he allow a pick, go back and watch the film, as soon as the interception happens, instead of trying, I don't know of a better word, to go all out and make the tackle, you see him loop around and start jogging towards the sidelines. He does kind of jog back into the picture but am I saying he gave zero effort? No. But did he give enough effort to, to attempt to tackle the dude? Absolutely not. Okay, let's go to the defense, right? It's not all bad. With the 5 minute and 20 second, 26 second mark against a four-man rush, we do get pushed back, uh, have a, a free release again from a, a left guard, but Cobb beats the free release this time. He gets the outside shoulder, gets leverage, beats the O-lineman, and then Jabbar Muhammad closes really, really well, and we contain Neal to like a two-yard gain, right? So it's not always bad. We do – that's the thing, guys, though, is we show instances of just complete awesome sauce, and then we show instances of what intarnation is happening. Let's go to stay on defense, five, uh, two minute and 22-second mark. We sh show a – basically a, a seven-man front, four-man – down and then we bail on the blitz as soon as we bail on the blitz three of the four defensive linemen get absolutely destroyed brock martin and tyler lacy get owned sione Asi gets pushed literally three yards back colin clay gets a pass because he held his own against the double team but okay it's about numbers if they've got three of our dudes completely pushed out of the play and they're using four dudes to do it, that means somebody should be available for the tackle. But again, our linebackers just kind of got caught in the wash a little bit. Stick with defense. One minute, 34 second mark. 
Brock Martin gets absolutely owned. And I hate saying that. God, I'm wondering if he's just if he's still too hurt because there's a large portion of plays where our defensive linemen, figuratively speaking, stand straight up, right? But they don't they don't drive forward as, enough first. And we're allowing the offensive linemen from both K-State and KU to get inside our defensive linemen's shoulder pads and controlling them. We're not being able to disengage from offensive linemen, which was not characteristic of last season. Now, Jim Knowles did do some things that are a little bit different, but the individual effort is not doesn't seem to be there. Um, let's keep it going. In that same play, while Brock Martin gets owned, Jason Taylor II gets completely walled off by the D-line again. And, and if you watch the film, he, he literally stands there and he gets walled off from seeing where the rusher is. I see, I get that. But as soon as Neil pops out, instead of trying to disengage, Jason Taylor literally just stood there and watched the running back run for like five yards. It ended up being a seven yard game, but when he passed him and it's just, it's head scratching stuff. And the crazy part is what we watch is they're going to watch. They're going to get graded every second like this and they're going to see all their mistakes. But it's the same mistakes they made at K-State. And they did the same exact things. Jogging on the field. Not following up on tackles. Not gang tackling. Going through the wrong gap. Huh. So let's go to the second quarter. Uh, dang it, before we go to the second quarter, I do have to say, um, we were not prepared. We did not have enough Built Bar. Get yourself prepared. Have some Built Bar in your system. It's the only protein bar that actually tastes like a candy bar. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 right about now for 15% off. Again, Get you some Bilt Bar. It is the only protein bar that legitimately tastes like a candy bar so you can get all your gains and pains and swallow on by using promo code LOCKEDON15 right now for 15% off. <clears throat> Let's switch over to the second quarter. Two, 12 minute 55 second mark. From the far hash, on the short side of the field, we try to run a quarterback sweep like through the eight hole. And Jake Schultz is a converted defensive end on the opposite side, trailing. It's supposed to be the lead blocker for Garrett Rangel while everybody else is, is pretending to go to the other side of the field. And our converted defensive end to a tight end misses the defensive end, which causes Garrett Rangel to basically loop uh, and lose any type of, of angle he had to get yards. And he ended up turning it into like a one-yard gain. But again... When you rewind the film, pause the film, stop the film, Jake Schultz completely missed the guy. He was a free-release defensive end, a purposeful free-release defensive end, that didn't get touched ever at all. He ran right by him and went upfield and was trying to look for a linebacker. Is it on him? No, because he's a defensive end playing tight end because we can't get a tight end to stay on campus. These are all issues we've been bringing up. Okay, uh, offense, 10 minute, four second mark. Bryson Green drops a, a, a touchdown, literally in his chest. Yeah, he did get irritated and frustrated afterwards. He made a few good grabs. So did Stephon Johnson Jr., but they also both had drops, multiple drops at, at inner, inopportune times in the game. Uh, nine minute, 59 second mark. Stephon Johnson Jr., a phenomenal amount of separation, a little bitty fade route, which is the same as a go route pretty much, guys. Um, backside of the end zone, 
He fooled the defensive back. Defensive back got caught halfway in the end zone. Touchdown. Stevon Johnson Jr. See, again, not all bad, but the parts that are all bad, we, all, we need to pay attention to because I feel like it's a, a bigger issue than just getting beat occasionally. Let's go back to defense. Nine minutes, 22-second mark. And you see this a lot. If you go back in the film, they walled us off. Like, there's parts in the film, like right here, nine minutes, 22 seconds. You can see we get completely turned around. And all of our defensive line are getting pushed one way. Not backwards, one way down the field. And it, and it prevents people from seeing things the right way. And then on this person, the D-line gets walled off. Mason Cobb had contained, did a very good job, got out to contain, made the quarterback, cut it back up inside. Kano Daniels made a really good play, but this one was hard. I rewound it multiple times, and I couldn't tell if Xavier Benson was supposed to have the running back on this play and Kano Daniels was supposed to have the quarterback. And Kano Daniels decided to just missile in there like a boss and destroy the running back and miss the quarterback. Or if Xavier Benson had the quarterback and Kendall Daniels had the running back. If Kendall Daniels had the running back, he did his job. He did it very good. Now, if he had his head, head on a swivel, he would have seen the running back had the ball. But, that, again, that's not on him. The kid's flying around like a, like a torpedo. I love his aggressiveness, even when he messes up. Messes up at 100 miles an hour. But if that's the case, then Xavier Benson got destroyed by another free-release offensive lineman. These O-linemen are getting to the second level and eating up our linebackers over and over and over. And then Colin Oliver had multiple attempts where he didn't try to tackle, or if he did try to tackle, it was very lazy arm tackles. And he tries to punch the ball out, whiffs at a tackle, and then uh, the dude runs for, the quarterback runs for 73 yards for a touchdown. Go back to offense. Nine minute, six second mark. Phenomenal, phenomenal slant by Stevon Johnson Jr. He pushes the defensive back back gets him on his heels makes the cut at the three to four yard mark which is perfect for a slant after you get the db to be rocking back on his his heels very good break pretty good pass very unusual drop again just not extending his hands trying to use his body he has way too much talent for that he'll tell you that his dad will tell you that right second quarter three minute 25 second d-line gets stood up Push back. Mason Cobb, again, gets caught up in the hogwash of the defensive lineman. He's too close to the line of scrimmage. And Xavier Benson literally runs right into Mason Cobb. What is Xavier looking at? I don't know. But this is multiple times that it looks like if Mason Cobb makes a mistake, Xavier Benson is completely out of the picture. If Mason Cobb doesn't do his job to perfection, Xavier Benson cannot do his job. This last couple games. And again, guys, uh, this is all film breakdown. Second quarter, three-minute, 25-second mark. Or, or the, I'm sorry, 33-second mark. Uh, I couldn't see which defensive end it was. It, it looked like Trace Ford, but I think maybe it was Walter Scheid. I know it wasn't uh, Kopinski, but it was either Walter Scheid or, or Trace Ford. But they got pushed back literally six yards, almost out of screen. And then you look over, and Colin Clay is – his back is facing the quarterback and the running back somehow. Uh, Cobb over pursues, fills the wrong gap, and they take it for a, a big game. 33 seconds left. <clears throat> uh, 13 minutes, 39 seconds. Colin Oliver, watch the film, guys. He literally stands. He's a, he's a stand-up defensive end. He's not in a three-point stance. 
definitely not in four-point stance as defensive end. He's a stand-up DN, and he literally stands there. His feet do not move more than two yards on this play whatsoever. The whole play. Like, the engagement section, he just he literally stands up and stands there, and the, him and the tight end are like hand-fighting? It's just, it doesn't make sense, guys. Nine minute, five second mark, second quarter. Corey Black has a beautiful blitz. Beautiful blitz. And then he has bad body control and tries to go wide when the offensive lineman clearly was not going to get there. There was no way. So just a bad angle. Good blitz, bad angle. Eight minutes, 37 second mark. Three man drop. Ben Kabinsky drops back into coverage. We we blitz with Kendall Daniels and Mason Cobb. Both of them blitzing was late, like literally after snap. And then the blitz was where the play side was designed. You could see that they were running a couple out routes, and the quarterback immediately looks left to hit those out routes, but that's the direction that the blitz came from. And what does he do? He just no, he doesn't panic. He turns to the other side of the field, hits a safety valve that already has two blockers out there. Guys, KU ran sides, I'm sorry, ran plays to both sides of the field simultaneously. They had calls for both sides of the field. That's something that was new that we did not prepare for, that we just, we got lost. Eight minute, 27 second mark, pause it. We have eight guys in between the hashes on defense, eight dudes, eight guys, and we allow a nine yard gain. It just, it's its crazy. Seven minute, 10 second mark. Again, Jason Taylor to second. Standing still on his containment. Not moving. Not engage, not disengaging. Kendall Daniels takes out the running back. And Jason Taylor to second just stood around basically and got himself blocked. Our captain in the back end. Multiple times on film is walking, jogging, not walking, sorry, but jogging and just standing there. And we, our best defensive line with the most talent possibly, Colin Oliver, is just standing up and, and, and not being engaged. Uh, our, our leader on the D-line, Brock Martin, he's getting pushed back two, three, four yards on a, on a somewhat consistent basis this last two games. And that's why, guys, I wanted to break this stuff down just so you guys know I'm not over here being super negative about I hate Gundy and we suck and blah, blah, blah. I feel like I'm being very realistic and pointing out that there's a deeper level to the fact that there's something off, there's something wrong, something's not going right. I do want to say that, you know, some shout-outs. Garrett Rangel showed promise. You can tell he's going to be the future. Is the justification for him playing, starting, or playing as long as he did fair? No, not at all. There's no way you can tell me, unless Mike Gundy's going to come out and say, guys, I'll admit it, Gunner Gundy's absolutely terrible. He should not be on a D1 roster. Now, is he going to say that? No. But what are you saying? Is that not what he's saying? He is not, is he not saying that his son is not good enough to be on the football team? I don't get it. He's so contradictory to the things he's built as a foundation for years. Is he not? Has he not walked things back this year and had to contradict himself multiple times? Can we not just think that, that maybe there's, there's something to this? 
Sean Michael Flanagan hustled his daggone tail off. He flew around the field. You got to give him an A for effort. He got fooled a couple times, but it's it's better than just jogging or hand fighting or not moving or getting pushed back six, five, four, three yards. Daniel Daniels, again, flying all over the place. He over-pursued a lot, though. You know, he's almost too much of a, a, a human torpedo. But again, I'll take him over-pursuing and, and, and being in the wrong spot because he's doing it 155 miles an hour. Langston Anderson, he looked, he looked really good. And I'm, I love seeing him on the field. I've been very high on him since he committed. I, I, I think the sky's the limit for the kid. I'm, he's not a kid. He's, he's a man now. <laughs> but he's a good one. He's going to be a good one. we got to give props to Lamont Bishop, guys. Every time we're on the goal line, that was the fun part of the film. The funnest part of all the film to watch is our goal line. Our goal line stands are good, which does tell you, guess what? We've got the talent and the ability to blow the doors off of offensive linemen when we want to, when we feel like it, when we need to. But the other 80, 95 yards on the field, we are loosey-goosey. But our goal line is fun to watch. Our D-line on the goal line, it, it's like that's their, their shining moment. They can't wait for goal line so they can absolutely demolish people. But they will not do it on third and seven in the middle of the field. I don't get it, and I don't get it because something's off. And I wanted to point it out step by step, guys. Something's not right. This is not normal for our players to be jogging and lollygagging and standing around on the field. So why? Well, is it, again, not fair to at least have a conversation about how these young kids get the perception that we're not really playing to win, we're more like playing not to lose. And it not destroy your motivation. Something's off. I love seeing Michael Flanagan. I love seeing Langston Anderson. I love seeing Lamont Bishop. I love seeing Lyric Rawls. He was ready to throw hands all day every day. I love the aggressiveness of Kendall Daniels. I love the way DeAndre Jackson carries the ball. Jaden Nixon still not getting the ball enough. Dominic Richardson, we love you, but you're getting the ball too much. This is what I'm saying with the contradictory stuff with Gundy. What, what he has going on at running back and what he has going on at quarterback aren't completely uh, indifferent of each other, but completely different philosophies. It doesn't make sense. Something's off. Something's not right. Before we squeeze out of here, I do want to bring up the fact that everybody needs to hire the right people. Just like KU hired the right person, clearly. Just like K-State hired the right person, clearly. Just like Baylor hired the right person, clearly. And it looks like Tech hired the right people. And I'll tell you what, I'd be willing to wager that people in the back offices used a little bit of LinkedIn because LinkedIn is the route. It's the only route these days with every new potential hire feeling like a high stakes gamble for your small business. There's nothing better than LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. That's, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, for free, get yourself hooked up. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. That's about all. Guys, I tell you, 
I tell you, I've still got a couple quarters of all these uh, game film notes. But I'm, we're supposed to keep these shows uh, under 30 minutes. I apologize for going a little bit late here. There's just a lot to break down. And I don't ever, ever, ever want it can be misconstrued that this this show is, is based off of opinions instead of facts. I have opinions. I do drink a lot of orange Kool-Aid. I'll admit it. But I'll also admit when I'm wrong. And I'll also admit when we need to look behind the layers because I do not want to be uh, negative or uh, what's, what's the proper word for it? I don't know. Or you just you rub people the wrong way. I don't want to do that. So I wanted to make sure that uh, I gave you guys every bit of, of evidence to win the locker talk, to win the cooler talk, to win the office talk, because it's not about making generalized statements. It's about the fact that we have these, these problems at 1 minute 34 second mark, 12 minute 55 mark, 10 minute 04 mark, 9 minute 59 mark, 13 minutes and 37 mark. These are problems. And again, if I can break down this film, then our coaches can break down this film, then our players get to break down this film, and our players get to see their grades. And I don't understand, as a player, how you can look at your film and watch you walk around, jog around the field, and not get completely lit up like ways, seven ways from Sunday about it. And then to do it again the next week, and then do it again the next week, and then sit here and tell us that there's not a problem in Stillwater. I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. We'll see you tomorrow. Later.